Welcome to Doing Good Business, the podcast where personal and professional development meet. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach and talent acquisition consultant, and I'm joined every week by my co-host, Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, training you to bring positive business practices into any company. Doing Good Business is the podcast that teaches you that doing good business is not only possible, it's profitable. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. Kelly and I are super psyched to be with you this February, I know we started off the year with a bang with a uh, disruption in January and we're moving into, you know, I was going to say the softer side, Kelly, but one of the great resources that I'm going to link to is actually talking about how the author is sick of hearing this particular topic described as a soft skill. So that Me topic too. is empathy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk today about empathy, why it's important, like what the heck does it even mean when you're in the business world? What does it mean for you as a leader? What are some of the results that are tied to empathy in corporations? And then we are super psyched about our guest that's going to be later in the month. She's the CEO of Honeybee Financial. We're going to talk to her, but let me just say the first word in their about page is empathy. So we couldn't have found a better guest for this topic. Absolutely. It's going to be a great, great conversation with her. Great month, great topic, great conversation. <laughs> Very heart-centered in February, the month of Valentine's Day. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So Kelly, I know you've got some definitions of empathy. Do you want to kind of kick us off there and then we can start talking about what it means in the workplace? I do, absolutely. Thank you. And of course, everyone knows I would have definitions of, of um, <laughs> empathy. Why we love because you. Because it's a... Right. Well, it's this kind of very broad nebulous term under what you've already alluded to, the umbrella of emotional intelligence, which is very big. So it's not to say that these are the only definitions, but I like to always just share kind of, you know, where our heads and our hearts are when we think about empathy. So, um, you know, basically it breaks down into the sharing and understanding of other people's emotions. So the sharing Empathy is really more about being more affective, right? Um, Sympathy and compassion can be part of that. Um, They're slightly different, but you have that emotional feeling for someone. Mm -hmm. And then the cognitive is more you understand their perspective, especially as it relates to their decision making. So you have empathy for where they're coming from, and that's what's driving their decision. Then there's, um, and you know what, I should note right here and now that those two, cognitive and effective empathy, they're separate. So that means somebody who strongly empathizes emotionally is not necessarily good at understanding another another person's perspective. So I can say, Hmm. I feel so badly that you lost your job, but I just don't understand why you feel like you have to move across the country to find another, right? Hmm. So like I can feel that person's sense of loss, but I'm not understanding the perspective that person is bringing that would compel them to move across the country and not look for a job more locally where they have their support system and their friends because those are things that are important to me, right? That's my perspective. So I have to Mm -hmm. work a little bit harder, which is what makes it not a soft skill. I've got to work a little harder to get myself into their understanding space. And so compassionate empathy is really about balancing both so that you can feel more without feeling too much, which is a great segue into the fourth one, which is somatic empathy, which is really not going to be the focus of our conversation. But that's literally feeling another's emotions. And this is what we call like sympathy pains. And I get this a lot. I was around someone Mm -hmm. in the car for two hours the other day who was not feeling well, had a stomach problem and kept burping. And then I started burping because I felt really bad. (laughs) I can really feel his sickness. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, this isn't working. (laughs) 
So, but those are the. It is so interesting. I, it, I, I love that one, and just you know, we're not going to focus on somatic, but it is very interesting. You know, somatic is a skill set that I use in the coaching world, and it really just means of the body. And it's interesting to think about it when it applies to empathy. You know, we think of. Um, you know, emotions being carried in the body. So for me, for example, when I'm stressed out, I notice that I will make fists without even realizing it, or oh, my shoulders right. will go up into my ears. And those are my yes. somatic kind of stress responses. It's so interesting to think about empathy in, in a somatic way as well. So that was my little like, I'm right. a coach nerd geek out on somatics. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And most people like the the clinical, when you look it up, they'll, they'll talk about babies who cry when they see yeah. another baby crying, right? Like they mm-hmm. pick it up that way. Yawning, but, you know, you know the no scratch. Oh, thing. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, but that's really, I think, the bulk of what we'll talk about today is really how do you balance both? How can you feel more personally for other people mm-hmm. um, in this context of at work, right? Empathy at work. How do you make that work? And I think that's striking that balance is really important. So those, those yeah. were my definitions of empathy. And I think that's great. For... And, and, and one of the things that's really important that you had said with that, the moving across the country example, it's empathy is how that person feels about the decision, not how you would feel about their decision. So that's a really important right. distinction when we think about empathy. And I think to me, that's really the differentiator between empathy and sympathy, right? Like sympathy is like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Empathy is, oh my gosh, I can imagine how you're feeling and really like putting yourself in that place. And and you're right, that is where the work comes in. You know, that's where we really have mm-hmm. to kind of suspend some of our own thoughts, beliefs, feelings, judgments, and imagine what the other person's thoughts, beliefs, feelings, judgments are. Exactly. We don't know what baggage, good, bad, or indifferent, that person is bringing that shapes that person's perspective that says, you know, no, it may be in my family when you want a new start, you've got to turn the page and make a completely mm-hmm. fresh start. And that's the perspective I'm bringing to that, right? And mm-hmm. and I might be from a family that says, no, when things are going bad, you stay together, right? You hunker, yeah. <laughs> hunker around one another. So mm-hmm. you're right. It, it's, it's elevating your own feeling, right? Starts with a thought, but you got to just feel that like, no, that makes that person feel better. And you have to trust that that's right for them. And, yeah. um, but in a business context, right, we've all been in that where you're like, you do not understand why they're going that way or why we're doing this, right? Because sometimes you just don't have access to the broader picture, but more often than not, as we know, there are many ways to do one thing and they've just, that business leader, the decision maker has decided to go in a way that's perfectly in line with the perspectives that they have their life experience. Mm -hmm. And it's about trying to understand that as a way of understanding, oh, so that's why we've made the decision to shut down this division a year and a half Mm -hmm. after we started it. And we're just getting traction now. (laughs) Yep. And I think, you know, along those lines, like one of the big things that, you know, change is hard and and it's hard to have empathy when things are new or there's decisions that you don't understand. You know, I think of that especially now when we think about things like automation and artificial intelligence. And, you know, one of the best things I've heard, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, is the top skill in this age of artificial intelligence is emotional intelligence. And, you know, empathy right. is a huge component of emotional intelligence. And, you know, there's a mm-hmm. an article that I'll link to in the show notes that talks about 76% of executives agree that artificial intelligence and automation will increase the demand for emotional intelligence skills as employees will have more of a client people facing role. So basically, your competitive advantage is going to be your emotional intelligence and empathy, you know, especially as a leader, 
even as an individual mm-hmm. contributor, is a huge, huge part of that. You know, you can't have a high level of emotional intelligence or EQ if you don't have, you know, some real grounded experience and, and work in empathy. Absolutely. In fact, I and I found something similar that just points to the same thing. And this comes from an organization called Business Solver. They offer benefits administration technology with a heart. Um, mm-hmm. And they do a state of workplace empathy. It's now in its fourth year and they survey employees, HR professionals and CEOs. And I found this survey through an HBR article. And again, we'll include all of this in the show notes. And that was published several months ago. So it had been, I guess, like the 2018 survey that they were reporting in 2019. And it said of 150 CEOs, 80% recognized empathy as a key to success. When I went to their website, you know, to when I was collecting my thoughts for, for this show, the last survey that they did in later in 2019 is up to now 93%. So it completely wow. backs what you're saying, what the research is indicating Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is the competitive advantage. And as you're absolutely right, as AI does more of the rote tasks, that's going to free people up for more of the face-to-face, which is really odd considering that so many of the younger generations now are so used to not having that, right? Or they're used Mm -hmm. to communicating, like, how do you communicate empathy in a text beyond emojis, right? And gifts, right? (laughs) So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. And I also think it's why, you know, people like Tim Cook, you know, he was the former CEO of Apple. Mm -hmm. He talked about it in his 2017 MIT commencement address that really was very popular. It was shared a lot in social media. And he was saying, people will tell you that empathy has no place in your career. Do not believe this false premise, Mm. right? So people are trying to prepare us all for that. So Mm -hmm. this is, you know, hint and opportunity for our audience to really, you know, um, get ahead of that. And that's what we're hoping that, that we're helping you do. So it's interesting. So I am looking at a white paper and it's actually from 2016. So it's a, a couple of years older than the study that you referenced, but it's very interesting. And I feel like this is where our, our mind meld is going to be evident, Kelly, because I'm going to go into some results and some hard data, mm-hmm. but it talks okay, about Okay, cool. Empathy. I know. Thank you for the transference. Um, so this is from an organization <laughs> called the Center for Creative Leadership, which who doesn't love that? Um, mm-hmm. But they did a survey again. So this was 2016-ish. And they analyzed data from 6,731 managers from 38 countries. So this is, you know, leaders at all level, not just top level CEO folks. And they found that empathy across that sample is positively related to job performance. And it's more important to job performance in some cultures than others. And I think the U.S. is, you know, certainly one of those cultures. But they talk about, you know, empathy is needed to be successful as a leader. They talk about empathy as a way to kind of overcome cross-cultural issues. You know, I think back to when we talked with Jennifer Mm -hmm. Brown and, and, you know, all of the diversity and inclusion and belonging um, work that a lot of companies are doing. So it's interesting to see that there's actual, um, you know, there's tangible data-based results on empathy in the workplace, especially when you are a leader and especially when you have to, you know, you have to be empathetic to your team and to different situations that your team is going through. And even to your point earlier, Kelly, when you're delivering the message of, hey, we're shutting down this division, you know, there, there's a way mm-hmm. to do that with empathy that can completely change the message of something, even if it's a difficult message to convey. Right, because, you know, this is completely your your area, your domain and your expertise, but it's not only in communicating that message to the people who will no longer be with the organization, but it's also 
when it's done correctly and with empathy, it helps employees bounce back more quickly Mm -hmm. from those difficult moments because they do have to stay without their colleagues, right? So when it's done in the right way, she puts rights in in air quotes, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But with empathy is what I mean. And and with this feeling of how would I want to be treated, which is Mm -hmm. part of it, I'm going to come to that in a little bit, you know, but then then you're, you're already teeing it up for a more successful outcome or evolution, yeah. right? Because nobody really wants to lay people off, right? But there's right. A, an evolution that's, that's all part of the organization's growth. And sometimes those things are necessary. Yeah, I, I mean, choose to you believe know, that no one likes to lay people off. I could be wrong, I but I choose, choose well. to believe I that people well. do not really want to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um. You know, one of the things that I have been thinking about sort of as the new year is starting is, you know, what are some of the most common things that I'm encountering with the people that I work with? And communication is a big one. And a big part of it is empathy. You know, there's a million different ways to say the same thing Mm -hmm. and they will Mm -hmm. get you (laughs) a million different results. So, you know, to communicate Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the, the challenging discussion or the layoff or, you know, whatever it is to do that with empathy as a leader, you know, to really imagine before you have this conversation, how it's going to feel for that person to, you know, have to go home and tell their family that they have 30 days and then they're out of a job, you know, how to feel walking away from the work that they've put in for the last 18 months and how it's going to feel for the people remaining, you know, that's a big shift and, you know, Mm -hmm. their team is different. The person sitting next to them might be gone. The, you know, the structure might have changed. So really, you know, as a leader, I would encourage you to just take that time and reflect, you know, really give yourself a little bit of time to put yourself in the other person's shoes as you're crafting the message, because you only get one shot at that. You know, you can, you can always apologize when you make a misstep. And, you know, clearly, we're big advocates for that. But your messaging in that moment is, is really critical. And to be able to, you know, I think you're doing yourself a a service as a leader and obviously the people that are staying and going a service to really just give yourself some reflective time to be empathetic, you know, practice what you're going to say, maybe run it past some people. Um, But that communication and empathy, there's such a strong link to it. And and there's such a, a huge positive impact when you do build empathy into your communication. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and you've got all of that. Um, neurological linkage, right? And yeah. the, the the physiology of a human wants to feel connected to mm-hmm. another human, right? That's just who we are. So that I We're think that's a big part of it. Absolutely. And I know mm-hmm. we think about empathy a lot in terms of culture, and we should, because there are so many benefits to that stronger collaboration, less stress, greater morale, all of those good things. And I was thinking about this too, but empathy, which I don't see it talked about really in, in this way as often as, as in culture, but it's also a great way to think of creating new products and services when you hmm. apply that type of empathy to your clients or your customers, right? And so that's uh, it's interesting because there's something that's been around for a while now. It's called design thinking. And again, we'll include links that would probably have to be another show for us to <laughs> go into mm-hmm. it all. But in short, it's a five-phase process for tackling problems that are ill-defined or unknown, right? And I think we face that a lot, especially with all of the advances that we have today and the way things are changing. So it would apply to a lot of different scenarios, but I could really see it applying to that. We want to create something new, like a new, we want to bring real value, because I'm really big about that, bring real value, improve the lives of others in some way with a new product or service. 
the first thing of the five-phase process is empathize. So oh, cool. empathize, define, ideate, prototype, and test. And then, um, again, really useful for when you're looking to create real value for others, which is an essential aspect of what we talk about all the time, doing good business. And I'm so excited to share that, again, you, you mentioned it already, but our next guest from Honeybee, she's going to talk about how she launched a company and a whole successful service that was born from her empathy for others. So we're going to hear more about how you can tap into, because I don't want to say leverage or use, they sound <laughs> manipulative, right? But how you can just tune into your own empathy and your curiosity for others that might help you give birth to a new product or a service. And I think the first part of that is really understanding the ways in which your organization already addresses its customers' pain points, right? We're all conditioned. What pain point do you solve, right? <laughs> and I think you just need to keep in mind when, you, when you're starting to do it with your empathetic skills and you're building your empathetic skills, you want to start to really define that pain. Is that physical or mental suffering? Mm -hmm. Is it a real problem they're having or an, uh, just like a nuisance or an annoyance, right? Like, so you have to, that's your first step into getting to what your stakeholder is feeling. And then there are some other things you can do that go way beyond kind of the traditional analytical market research. Again, when you're just solving a pain point, nebulous, undefined pain point, and we're going to include a link to this um, from a tip, some tips from a relationship builder expert. His name is Andrew Sobel. And he says, first thing you do is challenge yourself. Of course, Laura Heacock says that here all the time, challenge your assumptions, <laughs> right? So challenge yourself. Do you really have a beat on what's going on? And that goes back to what kind of pain is it? Get out mm -hmm. of your usual environment. So if you're used to making all of your decisions behind your desk, go out and walk around. Get outside. Go have lunch with some people that you work with. Get feedback from people. And you know I'm a big, big advocate of getting feedback from people in all levels of your organization, inside and outside of your organization. Explore the heart, not just the head. How nice that Mr. Mm -hmm. Sobel had a thing that tied into our theme for February. Walk in other shoes, like really imagine yourself doing those things, examine your biases, cultivate your sense of curiosity. We talked about that on a recent um, episode and ask better questions. And so that, of course, gets me thinking, well, what are those better questions? So I've got three mm -hmm. from um, this organization called Behavioral Essentials. And this ties back to what you were saying earlier, too, Laura. First question, what is this person feeling? So you want to ask questions that help that person express what's really going on mm -hmm. and affirm what they've expressed, right? With imagination, acceptance, and a genuine understanding instead of simply just repeating what they've told you. That's mm -hmm. their guidance from behavioral essentials because that's really important because their feelings are their feelings. And that's what you're trying to understand. You're not trying to judge them, right, or quantify them. You're just trying to understand them. And then the next thing you can do is ask yourself, have I ever felt this way? Because empathy is about being able to imagine yourself in that same place. And how would I want to be treated if I felt this way? Right? So sharing in this person's identity then in the present moment can help you relate better and take more compassionate action. So those are three questions for our listeners to get them started. And 
bonus material, I'm going to um, add a link to Mind Tools because they've got many more questions that you can ask in terms of empathy at work. And they've kind of categorized them into like funnel questions, leading questions, rhetorical questions. So if you really want to geek out on it, Mind Tool has a whole bunch of things for you. But when you've done those things, you know, you've, you've thought about the pain, you are challenging yourself, you know, in, in some ways, and you're asking better questions, then you've got the basis for a real strategic conversation that can help you figure out how best to improve the lives of others in meaningful and profitable ways, and then how to build on your organization's strengths to, to help those things come to fruition. Yeah, you know, Kelly, I'm thinking back to our end of 2019 wrap-up episode, our, our reflections from 2019 and our wishes for 2020. And, sure. you know, mm -hmm. you and I have gotten really clear, and, and we talked about it in that episode, um, you know, our purpose here and what we're doing at Doing Good Business is to show that you can make the world better through business. And, you know, mm -hmm. we are, business is a relationship, and leadership is a relationship, and having a uh, you know, having customers is a relationship. You know, we are as humans, again, we are wired for connection. We're wired for relationship. And empathy is the way that as a leader, as an organization, as a, a product researcher, as a market researcher, as a CEO, or as a frontline manager, you know, empathy is really that skill that can help you use business as a force for good in the world. You know, you can mm -hmm. be making the world a better place through your individual leadership, through the way that you design products for customers, through the questions that you ask, through the way that you show up, through, you know, the research that you're doing and the people that you're engaging. And, you know, I just, obviously I'm a huge empathy, <laughs> empathy <laughs> proponent, but I think that, you know, it's not, you know, there's an article in Fast Company that's great. And it talks about, you know, the really harsh, you know, Steve Jobsian approach is not palatable anymore in 2019. And right. the article talks about, you know, empathy is one of the most underrated game-changing skills for anyone, you know, whether you're a leader love it in a huge multinational conglomerate or or you're an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you talked about it, Kelly. It helps you achieve product market fit at an early stage. It helps you figure out what products do we even want to develop. Like, what do our customers need? I have to put myself in that customer's shoes to be able to, you know, create something that fills that void and, and is a, a product that's going to be usable and, and marketable in the world. And then, you know, when you get into your team, it's, you know, people stay longer and, you know, there's, again, there's lots of studies that, mm -hmm. that we'll link to, but it talks about people stay longer, people get along better, people partner better with each other, and therefore they're more productive, you know, all of these wonderful impacts just from cultivating this one skill of empathy. Right. No, it's it's absolutely transformative. And that's mm -hmm. the stage of business that we're in right now. What we yes. need now requires transformational leadership because mm -hmm. we we have so much coming and as you were talking to I was thinking you know there are, are people who will dig in their heels and say no right I don't want that it's too much change and no we're not going that way we are going that way whatever that means I mean I, I've been reading some articles um, around genome mapping right and artificial intelligence and putting, you know, people on Mars and having the moon space station, we're going that way, right? The question is, how do we get there? And when you bring that empathy into what you're developing, and if your company is a company that supports one of those things in some way, makes, you know, manufactures parts for them or provides, you know, some type of technology platform for them to do those things, Having this type of empathy going forward is really, I believe, what's going to define the companies that really make it 
versus mm-hmm. the ones that just are reactionary and they're, you know, they're late to the market versus yep. the ones that are just pursuing profit at any cost and they're not doing it in the right ways because there's good to be found in all of these things, right? And this mm-hmm. is why I love the way you started off the show. It's not a soft skill. It is a muscle that needs to be built because we're not mm-hmm. used to thinking that way, not because we can't. And that's another beautiful thing about empathy. It can be developed, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, part of our growth mindset. <laughs> it's not a fixed mm-hmm. thing. We don't have a, a reserve of it in a, within ourselves that if we used it all up, oh, well, that's it. It's gone. And it's like, right. you know, it's not something that we can't develop with a little practice. And so good news, we've got lots of things to practice on. <laughs> because exactly. there are lots we've of got changes lots of, coming. Right. right. We have low and engagement. 34% of, of people are engaged. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have so Sorry, many I kept cutting you off. We have so many resources. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. And but you're right. Like it, it, you're right. It's engagement. It's productivity. You know, it's all the things that we we talked about so much in you know I think the first half of the season. And again, you know, with this our season two commitment was to really provide actionable stuff. And Kelly, I love the um, the three questions that you had shared a little while ago, and obviously the link to do more. But like, there's so much information out there, and you know, if you think about like, gosh, I really don't know how to cultivate empathy, tons and tons of resources that we've got coming in the show notes, Mm -hmm. the questions that Kelly mentioned, um, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I do in my work with individuals. And Kelly, I imagine that's a big part of your strategic planning. Your questions are probably really based in, you know, being empathetic towards customers, towards other Mm -hmm. parts of the team. You know, how do you see that showing up from a strategic planning perspective? Oh, absolutely. Because if you can't do that, that this it doesn't stick, right? You'll have some short-term successes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking to have all of the things, and I say you, but you know, I mean the generic you, right? Uh, it, if the generic you is out there going, well, it's hard to do this. And oh, we just, we want a long-term, we're so tired of being treated like a commodity, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, um, we need to then start doing things differently and to start doing things differently. We need to start thinking about them differently and thinking about them differently requires talking about them differently. Mm -hmm. And that's where it really comes into the strategic conversation is for so long. And this is not a judgment statement. It's just been the way it is. It's about profit first. That's the way businesses have been successful. And it's not Mm -hmm. about that now. And I think that's the message, you know, you and I, and I, I feel I do speak for both of us. We just so genuinely want people to be successful. We want companies right. to be successful. And we sense that, that all of these changes are coming up. And that's why we're trying to, to share all of these tools. And that's part of the newness of all of this is that the, the soft skill is an essential skill to success. And there are mm-hmm. lots of ways to make that happen. And there is just like Tim Cook said, right? You know, don't buy into the false premise that it's mm-hmm. not appropriate in your career. And I would add, or in your strategy, because yep. it is. And people have far too many choices these days because of the internet that they are more likely to want to build a relationship with people that they trust. You know, we know that, no like and trust. Or as I say, mm-hmm. we need to now reach and resonate with people on not only the cognitive levels that help them make a decision, but also on the emotional levels that drive their decision making. And that's everything that we're talking about. So it's a very strategic conversation around empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, you know, especially it's, we're still in the first quarter of the year. So for people who are thinking about doing some strategic planning and you want to add some 
some empathy into that and think about how do you want to have your year be different than maybe previous years? How do you want to be a more empathetic organization and, and incorporate empathy into your strategic direction? You know, reach out to us on the website, ask to talk to Kelly. Mm-hmm. And for for the individual leaders who are really thinking like, gosh, my you know, my communication could be a little more empathetic. You know, I think of it like the stress tipping point. Like, yeah, you get a little bit of positive result from a certain amount of stress, but then you hit a point where it's just diminishing returns and it's stress. only negative. <laughs> right. Yeah, like exactly. less, like low empathy is kind of the same thing. Like, sure, you'll get a little bit of work done if you're just barking orders at people, but it's not going to last and people are going to leave. And mm-hmm. if you're feeling like that's a, a skill area that you want to develop, if it's valued in, in your organization, again, reach out to to us via the website, um, I'd love to to work with cultivating empathy. It is really a lot of work, and it, it comes up in such interesting ways. Communication probably being the biggest, but some of it is just your presence in in the room. And Kelly, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. it's a skill that can be cultivated. You know, it's not like you know you're you're born without this capacity. No, we all have the ability to cultivate more empathy. So whether it's in your individual leadership with me and getting some support, or in your strategic planning with Kelly and getting some support, <laughs> we'd love to uh, we'd love to help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're so excited, you know, to be talking um, in our next episode with Emmy from Honeybee. I think our audience, please tune in. You're going to get a lot of motivation and a framework where you can see how this has been transformative. So I'll use that word Mm -hmm. again. It's really been transformative for her, not only in her own you know, professional development and in launching a company, but in her customers and how she's been able to mm-hmm. affect people. And it's very meaningful. Word of the year, 2020. Meaningful. I know we're already in February, but I don't think we covered it in January. Meaningful. Or I used a different yeah. word, I think, in the reflection. But but that's what it is. Word of the month, meaningful. I love it. We'll I love it. it. And way. these are, you know, these are the organizations that are going to continue to succeed and are going to continue to rise and that, mm-hmm. you know, Kelly and I really want to promote, you know, our mission again is, you know, to show that business can be a force for good in the world. And, you know, CEOs like Eni Lim that's coming up and, and organizations like Honeybee and, and next month organizations like Energage and the folks that we've already talked to, um, you know, Mary Alice last month, they're just, these are the types of organizations that are rising to the top and that have mm-hmm. the factors that are preparing them for the new way of doing business and and for doing good business. So we're so psyched to be bringing them to you for another year. We are. We really are. And we want your questions, your ideas. Feel free to reach out to us on the website. And and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, we'll see you on the social medias. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, of course, the source for all good things business, but follow us in all the places that you hang out and have a heart-centered month of February, everyone. Take care and we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business, designed to bring out the best in you and your company. We welcome your reviews and ratings and would love to hear from you. Send your comments, suggestions, and questions through our online form at doinggoodbusiness.com. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. The Doing Good Business Podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting for all of your coaching and talent acquisition needs, and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you incorporate the social business paradigm into your company. Learn more about us and our respective services at the Doing Good Business website. Thanks again for listening and remember to expect good things from everything you do.